example of, that men can look up to of, of how to walk with the Lord. And uh, he loves visitors. Go see his house sometimes. He's, got a, he, he's a pilot. He flies a plane. He can do anything just about that needs to be done. He built this for me right here. I could go on and on about all the things he's done. I said, hey, Joe, I need a thing to put my Bible on. Boom, look what he makes. It's just he does everything in excellence. So, so blessed to have him speak tonight. Then Nestor next to him um, has an amazing testimony. We're so proud of him and his wife and, and what they're doing in our church and how they're serving. And the past that, that God has brought them out of. Um, many of you know his testimony. You saw it on this. He was, we were blessed to have his testimony given at the conference. They played it on a Friday morning for everybody in the conference to see. And uh, just had, had a really rough past of drugs and, and selling some drugs. Is that right? Moving that stuff around. And we've got a cop in the house tonight, but that's the past. Amen. So you can't go, can't, we can't go after him. Amen. It's, it's under the blood. Amen. But he used to do that stuff, and he, he's been changed radically. And um, the cool thing is, I just found this out tonight. I, I, maybe I knew it, but I don't think I did. Him and Casey used to run together. Casey's the, the, the first one that's going to preach tonight. And they used to run together when they were younger and went to school together and everything. What a miracle of grace to have these two guys sitting next to each other with a tie on to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a miracle. That's what this is about. That's what this is about, amen, that people would come in and give their lives to the Lord and then not only get saved but begin to learn. And this, this is what, if you haven't figured it out, this is what our church is about. That's what our reach, teach, send means. We go out and we reach, and then we teach them, and then we send them out. There might be some future pastors sitting over there, amen. There are some future pastors sitting in this place. We will plant more churches if the Lord tarries out of this church, amen. We will go to other cities. More churches will go like Carrollton is tonight. So let's, let's help them out. I know they're nervous. I could feel the nervousness behind me, amen. I know what that's like because I still get nervous. They're going to have 15 minutes each. And um, I, I always joke with them. I joked with them more this time than in the past. I told them, you can, you can go over 15 minutes if you want, but it'll be the only time you ever preach. So you, this is it. Make it a good one. But I know they're going to stay within that time. So we're going to have a, I know it's going to be amazing what the Lord speaks through the three of them. Amen. So let's help them out tonight. Give them lots of amens. And we're going to start off with Casey, then Nestor, then Joe. Give it a hand for Casey as he comes tonight. Amen. night off wonderfully, ain't we? <laughs> you know, the, the message the Lord put in my heart tonight is, uh, has to do with uh, constant communication. See, the, the enemy, he tried, to, he tried to take this message away from me a few times by planting seeds in my head like, ain't nobody going to want to listen to that. Ain't nobody going to pay attention to that. This message has been preached before. But God constantly interrupted him and kept confirming that this is what he wanted me to speak about tonight. And that's constant communication. Now, I've been, a, I've been saved for two and a half years now. And it had been an ever-growing process of development. Now, now, I understand a few things spiritually today that I didn't understand back then. And I'm sure the days to come... I will understand a lot more. Now, 
one of the great lessons the Lord has put in my heart today is teaching me as my prayer life. Now, I'm learning that the Lord wants us to, wants to, wants to have a constant conversation with us. With me, with you. And so by, by having that constant conversation with the Lord, not only am I praying more, but I'm praying about more. And I'm also learning that God desires to share, that he desires for us to share every detail of our lives with him. And he's willing to answer more prayers than we could possibly imagine. Now, let's go for due to time. Let's go to Philippians 4 and 6. Now, due to time, you can just write it down in your notes and go back and read it later. Uh, but it says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See, now this verse right here commands us to ask and guarantee an answer from God. Now, me and my wife have been praying for, for about four years for, for, to get a place of our own. Now, that took four years. But when he answered our prayers, he answered it abundantly. And his timing was perfect. Now that, would, now that has always been one prayer that, you know, that, uh, that God does, he does not want us to show to any of our prayers by ourselves. He don't want us to show to any prayers by ourselves. Then nothing, and I'm here to tell you, nothing is too big or too small to discuss with our God. No problem is too great to handle. And no sin is too terrible for him to forgive. Nothing about our God is insufficient for him. Now, now Paul said of God in Acts 17, 28, in him we live and move and have our being. That expression, in him, evidently means by him. Now, by originally forming us and continuously sustaining us, there is no there is no words that can better express our constant dependence on God. Now, let's go back and look at that word sustain. The definition for sustain is strengthen or support physically or mentally. Now, a couple of synonyms for sustain, and it's everything that God wants to do for us and do for us. Uh, he comfort us. He help us. He assist us. He encourage us. He support us. He carry us and he cheer us up. But the one good thing about my God is that you can talk to him about anything and everything, anywhere, at any time. Now, in the Psalms wrote in Psalms 139, 7 through 12, where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed and seal, you are there. If I live at the eastern horizon or settle at the western limits, even there your hands will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light around me will become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day and the darkness 
and the light are alike to you. Now, we are always with God, and there it seems like it's only natural that our relationship with him should be on a constant conversation. Now, as our commune grow within the Lord, we start to experiencing constant communication with God. Now, I found out praying once a day, twice a day, that's good. But experiencing a constant communication with the Lord, that's quite enough. Now, now the kind of commune, now the kind of commune is about maintaining our spiritual. Now, this kind of commune is, is about maintaining our spiritual connection with the Lord all day long. Now, we stop seeing our prayer life, our prayer times that stops at a gas station or to fill up our cars. And we are currently being filled with his presence, continuously being filled with his presence. Now, picture what it would be like to be married to someone but limit our time together to five or ten minute spans once or twice a day. What if we made our spouse stand on the porch and rest Stand on the porch the rest of the conversation. What if we stand? What, what if we made our spouse stand on the front porch the rest of the time, patiently, waiting until we found a few minutes that were convenient for us to get together? Who would tolerate that relationship? Not anybody in their right mind. Our pets wouldn't even appreciate that relationship. Our dogs, and they happy to see us every time they see us. <laughs> now, the Bible teaches that God designed for marriage is to be one flesh. And this is how our spiritual intimacy, intimacy should be with the Lord. Here in 1 Corinthians 6 and 17, he who joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Now, instead of having this on-again, off-again relationship with God, our communion with the Lord is meant to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and 365 days a year. So I challenge you guys tonight, as we venture out into our new day, and go, if we, as we venture out on our new day, go with the knowledge that the Lord is with you. Whether it's driving down the street at work, or even sitting in a doctor's office. Instead, he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from us. He wants to be our dearest and closest friend. And I always remember that the Lord is near to all who call on him. Amen? Praise the Lord. I want to give God all the glory for giving me the opportunity to stand here. But I could not ever imagine that I'd be doing this, you know, especially the way I grew up and the things I used to do. And my message is about spiritual warfare because it's something that I constantly battle. 
It's something that I do not see, but I do encounter throughout the day, every minute, every hour. And I believe that in the covenant of my salvation by grace, I have authority in the name of Jesus Christ to rebuke all these things that try to put weight on me. Like, for example, if I'm trying to climb into a high mountain to reach God, and if I have weight, it's going to take me a long time to get there. And I do not want to um, walk my, my path into the Lord with weight or baggage on me. I want to be able to, you know, just walk in peace, in harmony, love. And I understand that in spiritual warfare, we need God's authority to overcome. And in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. And that message there, I take it real seriously because I understand that his name is so powerful. Regardless of this situation, we just say his name and he brings a peace upon our, our body, our soul, our spirit. Where we overcome things, sometimes we allow things to, to um, bear on us to the point where it's so heavy and we do not understand how to, how to approach it or, you know, deal with it. And God's the only way. And an example of spiritual warfare, we, we can go to Ephesians 6, 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This here explains a lot to me about spiritual warfare. The understanding of, you know, Spiritual warfare comes in so many ways. It comes in temptation, worry, stress, health, marriage, children, financial. It comes in so many ways that um, at times we can forget if we allow ourselves to go through our own understanding of trying to bear with it. And a good scripture that I found that reminds me of me not to go through my own understanding is Romans 8, 6. For to be carnal-minded is death, but to be spiritual-minded is life and peace. So I realized I cannot go with my own understanding. God's understanding is way better. Plus, the peace he brings upon me whenever I overcome this, just like um, Robert said in, in, um, in the prayer, the opening, Philippians 4, 6, where don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart's mind as you live in Christ. And it's, it makes so much sense to me now that, you know, my spiritual father, Pastor Blake, has taught me so many things. My spiritual brothers in, in Christ, my brothers in Christ have, you know, guided me, talked to me, you know, helped me out. And... And spiritual warfare is, I think, one of the main things in my life that uh, makes me think that, okay, it's this, is this all? Is, is this enough? Could I do more? And then I start arguing with my own state of mind, and I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know if I could. And seriously, God, God can make it happen because I, I wouldn't be up here, you know? So I believe in, I believe in all his word, and I understand that. One thing is we got we to gotta stand in agreement with God's promises. 
we, I, I, me personally, I feel if, if I believe in God, I got to believe in every single word that he says in the Bible, everything. And his promises, John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tri tribulations, but take courage, I have overcome the world. I, if I got to believe in that. And that makes me understand more how to overcome my situations, my problems in life, and the things that I go through. Um, spiritual warfare can hold us back from, from God's goodness. God is so so God is so um, faithful, and His promises and and all um, the fruit that He brings in our life, you know, He's so faithful in His promises and fruitful in all the blessings that we receive from Him. God's living water into our root when we sit, when we put our roots into a church into a place where we learn His Word. His living water allows us to grow. And not just bear fruit, not just to grow as a trunk, but to grow and bring leaves and bring fruit. Fruit meaning in, in, all the, in all the blessings that we receive. Like, for example, me and my wife having another kid, that's a fruit to me that he's allowed me to have. That's, that's blessings. And I understand that. And I understand the enemy is going to always try to, to overcome and, and hurt things in our, in our life. Hurt things in our life to the point... But we don't understand, if we don't understand spiritual warfare, we don't understand that we're fighting a battle against something powerful that's trying to overcome our soul. And it ain't just our life in this world, but our soul eternally. And, and not in that, in that situation, when you understand that, you understand that he just not, does not corrupt you when you're fighting him and give up, but he, he eliminates everybody else that's watching you. Like, if, for example, if spiritual warfare was to overcome me where I'm not able to abide in God and sustain the fight, I know my sons are watching me. And if they see me give up, I understand they're going to give up because I'm, I'm their leader from God put me here to lead my family and to, to lead them into their arms. They're, they're my kids, but they're his kids first. And, and before I... Before I allow myself to surrender, I got to understand I'm not just surrendering myself, but I'm giving my whole generation, my family, my kids, their kids. And I, I, I decided that I'm, not, I'm breaking this curse that we have upon my family, you know, and I understand that I have brothers and sisters out there, you know, still living life, but it's always their choice and their will. I understand that I pray for them. But I got to look after my family and my kids and, and, and my, my brothers and sisters in Christ, you know. Because it's always our choice if we want to give up or not. And the enemy will always put us in the comfort zone of thinking, out of sight, out of mind. Like, if you don't see it, you don't, you don't believe it. You think you're just going through something. And, he always, and he's trying to keep us from the truth and from God. That's, that's always um Galatians 5:17 For the flesh sets desires against the spirit 
and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do things that you please. I understand that my flesh is always going to try to overcome my spirit. And it's, it's, and it's it will conquer that if I'm not prayed up, if I'm not abiding in God's word, and if I'm not asking God to help. If I try to do this on my own, it's going to overcome. Temptation is going to overcome. All these other things that come with temptation are going to overcome. If I don't allow God to just, you know, guide me, I, I got to be with that childlike faith. I got to allow him to grab my hand and guide me. Because if I don't allow him to grab my hand, I'm going to stray away. And that's that's for sure. Um, on Peter 5 it's a it's a verse that I like to read because it gives me the understanding that I was not prepared for spiritual warfare and, and the lifestyle that I had before. And doing drugs, drinking, partying, you know, having fun, which I thought that was fun. But it was more killing me and killing my surroundings, my friends, because it was in a way of caring or loving each other. Peter 5.8, be sober, spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And I understand that's me. And he's not just going to do it once. He's going to do it twice. He's going to do it more. I understand that now that I'm, I'm, I'm taking a leap of faith in God, and I asked God to give me boldness before I went to Colorado. I was like, all I want, Lord, is for you to give me boldness to be able to speak your word, to be able to talk about you more. And it's, he, I, give him, I give him praise because he, he did it all of a sudden. I'm, I got boldness to be out here, you know. And his prayers answers, just like Casey says, he's, he's willing to answer prayers. And I believe in that because I'm up here right now, and I don't think I would have done this before. And Isaiah 41, 13, it's one of his promises I love, too. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold, you, hold, hold thy right hand, say unto thee, fear not, I will help you. I love that verse, for I understand that I'm not alone. I, I should not be fighting this for myself. And I understand that I shouldn't be, I should be preparing myself for a fight, but the fight's already won. So, you know, why, why am I stressing about it? I should not stress about things. I know that when I went to Colorado, I, I, I wanted to go to Colorado. And, and when it came to um, having the approval to go from my job, I noticed it was the first of the month. Rent came. I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if we should do it because I'm going to fall back on rent. And, you know, I thank God for my spiritual father. He's like, hey, pack up. You going. And, you know, he, he, he built me up. And, you know, God just told me, hey, you praying for spiritual, um, um, the Holy Ghost fire, you're not going to receive it at home. So you need to go. So, you know, he made it happen. And I understand that we're going to have problems and situations in, in this spiritual warfare, they are going to try to bear us down. But there are always going to be problems and situations today, tomorrow, the next day, the next year. Um, and whenever we, you know, until we go until we go to heaven and meet God, you know, we, we won't have to worry about that. 
But being prepared is one thing that I understand we should be in, in prayer and being in God's, God's word and abiding with all our, um, our Christ brothers and sisters. Just, you know, fellowship, fellowshipping, all that helps a lot. Because I know that when I first started, it was Sunday morning. And I was still battling through the whole week. Then I started Sunday morning and night, and it helped a little. Then I started Sunday morning, night, and Wednesday. And I started, you know, fighting, and I felt better through the whole week. Now that I'm, I'm starting to be able to go to uh, breakaway, breakaway, right? I was going to say fire starters. I haven't been to fire starters yet. Breakaway, um, now that I do Friday, it's like, man, the whole week it's like I'm lifted. I feel like if I feel something trying to bear me down or wear on me, any situation at work, any problems, I, I like, it's, it's, that's it. It's like, God, you got this. I ain't even got to worry about it. And I understand that if when I stay in prayer, in prayer and abide in his word and abide with his people, I am always going to be guarded. And I'm going to be able to be on that Holy Ghost fire to quench the fiery darts. They ain't going to do nothing because I'm already on fire, you know. <laughs> And, and I thank that, and I give God the praise and the glory. Thank afternoon church it's good to see everybody here how many people are uh, happy that they have come so far very good very good of course I haven't spoke yet I won't ask after that but <laughs> but uh, let's let's pray before we get started father thank you for this day this is your day this is your service and we just we just give it all to you father speak through me and so that you will be glorified and praised forever and ever. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you are blessed tonight? Oh, everybody's blessed. This has been a one of the most difficult years that I have gone through, but yet God has blessed me and blessed me, and, and I appreciate it so much. He's always... He's always stayed right with me. We are, we are blessed so much, not because we live in the United States or we have clothes and shoes and something to eat, but we're blessed because of this Bible right here. This Bible is the key to getting in touch with God. This Bible is letting God speak to us through this word, it is, uh, it is an amazing tool. Uh, it, it is true that in the Bible, it, there is a warning for all those that do not uh, obey God, for all of his enemies. Uh, he, does, he does spell it out exactly what's going to happen. However, this is God's love letter to his children. He says, I love you. He says, I'll always be with you. I have redeemed you. I will take care of you. I will heal you. 
these are the two things that people are really worried about. Am, am I going to be healed and am I going to have enough money? And God, God spends it, says it right there. He says, I will. And he says, if there's anything else that you need, well, just ask me. And that is good. This Bible is uh, a bestseller. And uh, it's, there's lots of Bibles all over the place. The Gideons try to put it in all the hotels and motels and so forth. But for a bestseller, it may be one of the less read books of all for a, best, for a bestseller. And that is uh, rather unfortunate. There's a story told about a man who was coming from <clears throat> Europe over to the United States. He was going to come on an ocean liner. And uh, he got his old papers ready, and he saved up his money. He bought the ticket. But after he bought the ticket, he really didn't have any money left. He was just almost flat broke. And so he got on the ship, and he come all the way across the United States. And when he was getting off the ship, one of the officers of the ship asked him, uh, did you have a good trip, and how did you enjoy the uh, cafeteria? He says, well, sir, he says, I spent all of my money on this ticket, and I really didn't have any money to spend in the cafeteria. And the officer says, sir, did not you read on the ticket that you bought that all of your meals were taken care of when you bought the ticket? Or did not anybody tell you that your meals were, were free? And it is amazing that people, lots of people go all through life, never read the fine print, and are hungry. They, they're hungry for something. And they get off into to drugs and alcohol and sex and gambling and everything that the devil can throw at them. And they go all through life trying to find something and end up basically in, in the pits of hell. In a normal family, as the children grow up, the father takes care of all of the bills. He pays for the food and the clothes and the shelter, and he also pays for all of the toys that, that the children like to play with. And unfortunately, I think, I'm not talking about this church, but I'm talking about the body of Christ all the way across, have really grown up, and they're in this little area of blessings, sort of like the uh, uh, there in uh, Luke uh, sixteen nineteen, when it talks about the uh, uh, ruler, I mean the uh, uh, rich man and Lazarus. The rich man he lived sumptuously, but he really didn't have any concern for for Lazarus, and. I think that the Christians, I have seen so many, so many people that I've come in contact with that are so interested in the things of life and not necessarily Lazarus. And this is, uh, this is a really a, a problem. And the reason that I'm saying this, it, did you know that only a, there's only about uh, 
5% or so of the people in the United States that even go to church. And I wonder how many people of those of that 5% are really not saved or just using it as a uh, tool to meet other people, use it to uh, visit with other people. And after church, they go out and eat and then go home and enjoy all the things that God has given them, watch TV, and not really concerned about, uh, about anybody. Unfortunately, there's going to be a little problem uh, with this because one day there's going to be a time called the Judgment Day. And it is true that God is going to come down and he's going to judge all of the people uh, according to what they have done. And there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to make it to heaven. And all of those in the great white throne judgment are going to come before him. And they're going to, the accusations are going to be brought against them. And this hammer is going to come down. Bam. You're sentenced to the lake of fire. But the, the thing that we need to realize is that the saints are going to be right there watching this as it goes along. And when you look down and you see your friends and your family members and your neighbors and all of that, when that gavel comes down and they look up at you and say, why didn't you tell me? It's going to be a yeah, bad day in Gotham City, you might say. <laughs> There's going to be lots of crying going on. Now, if you told them, as the pastor mentioned before about Paul, uh, he said, your blood is on your own hands. If you told them, then, then their blood is on their own hands. But if you did not tell them, uh, then the blood is on, unfortunately, our hands. Now, the Bible does say that, that God is going to wipe away all of the tears from our eyes. And we're, gonna, we're not going to remember any of this, this stuff as, as we go into heaven but that will not change the destiny of all of your friends, your neighbors, and, and all of that. And it's sort of uh, going to be a, a tough time. We're down here working for rewards in, in heaven. We're not working for anything down here because there's nothing that we're going to carry from here to heaven. Once you have passed away, everything stays here. And, and our reward, since our rewards are in heaven, we need to be working for our rewards in heaven. And so uh, the, the thing about it is that makes it so neat is the fact that God will help you down here work for the things that is going to be your reward in heaven. So he helps you down here while you're on, while you're on earth and he also has reward for you um, in, in heaven. We have the very, very best product to sell. The very best product. Because in this earth, God can forgive us of our sins. He takes care of us. 
and we we go through we can go through this this life blessed of the Lord, and the rewards uh, the are out of this world. You know when you when you pass away, the the heaven heavenly rewards. In Second uh, Chronicles sixteen nine, it says that God is looking to and fro over the whole earth. He's looking for somebody whose heart is right with him so that he can show his power through that, through that, that person. Like, like the disciples, they were so filled with the power of God, they even lined up the sick people along the street so that the shadow of the disciples as they walked past over might heal them. We can be filled with that too. But we've got to be willing to ask God for it. And I ask God that he will, that he will help me, that he will fill me with his spirit, that he will give me the anointing and the power to go out and, and to witness. Because in Mark 16, 17, it says, we shall be able to cast out devils, be lay hands on people, and they, they shall recover. And we go out with the authority of the Lord living within us. And this is, this is what, that we're not going to witness anybody and, and win anybody without God's help. And we've got to yield ourselves and be perfect before him so that our lives will be filled with the Spirit. And not only that, is God says, my children hear my voice. You won't witness to everybody, but you witness to the people that God tells you to witness to. And, and, you can, and you can witness to them when nobody else can reach them. And with his power inside you, what you say speaks to their spirit man. And God knows who, who's ready. And God can lead you. And he has things for you to do. Whether it's uh, physical things to go help people. No matter what it is, my People, my children, hear my voice. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Be committed unto him. And will you be that person? Will you be that, that person? Pastor? Let's give them all a hand tonight. Amen. Great words. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand tonight. <clears throat> so, so the cool thing about this is we don't ever tell them what to preach. And they don't call each other and say, hey, what are you preaching? But isn't it amazing how those three went right together? Casey started off with constant communication. Talking all the time. And, and when you're in constant communication... Like Nestor said, you're able to win that spiritual battle, that spiritual warfare. And you do that by listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, reading the word and knowing that God is on our side. Amen. 
What a great message between three people speaking to one message to us tonight. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, as we're here tonight and we're listening to your voice and we're, we're communicating with you and we're listening to these men speak from what you've placed in their hearts tonight, Jesus. It's a miracle to see the miracle of a transformed life and to know, God, that there's wisdom in these words spoken tonight because these men have learned uh, some with really short amount of time and some with a really long time to be saved and know you that your word is living and alive and perfect and powerful. And Lord, whether you've been saved a month or 50 years, we're in a spiritual battle tonight. And that battle is with a real devil that wants to keep everyone he can out of heaven. But Lord, we know that you are greater than that. And if we will listen to your voice, if we will stay in communication with you, Father, you will do great and mighty things. And we will be those people that your eyes are upon as we do your work tonight. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place tonight. The reason we're here is that every person here tonight would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That those listening online would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That as you listen to these men preach tonight and you're listening online, maybe you might think, man, how, how can God help me? I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm, I've done so many bad things. You have no idea that God can heal you tonight and forgive you no matter what you've done. If you're here tonight and you're thinking, man, I sure would like to change my life like that. Well, tonight's your night. Tonight's your night to get your life in order with God. Tonight's the night to say, Jesus, I, I want you to be Lord. I want you to be master. As Joe said, there'll be a day we'll stand before God. And, and I can't worry about anybody else until I make sure I'm right. Until I make sure I'm ready to stand before a living and a holy God. If you're here tonight and you've never said the prayer of salvation, that's why this church is open tonight, that you would be saved, that you would know Jesus and Him crucified. If that's you and you want prayer tonight, you want to accept Christ into your life, you want to change tonight, you want to be born again tonight, just lift your hand up and say, would you pray for me tonight? I need to make that decision tonight. I need to be saved. Just put it up and put it back down. That's me. No matter what age you are, no matter where you come from, that's me. I need to be saved. I need to give my life to Jesus tonight. I want all of us here in this place tonight to say the prayer. Maybe maybe you're backslidden. Know the truth. Know what's right. Know the word of God back and forth. But you're not in constant communication. It's been a while since you've talked to God. It's been a while since he's heard your voice. And he's calling you and he's saying, come on back. Come on back. I'm right here waiting for you. You say, well, I've done it before. Well, maybe tonight's the night you stop doing it back and forth and just get all the way in. How many can say, that's me. I'm, I'm backslidden tonight. I'm like that prodigal son. That's me. Amen. Say this prayer with me tonight, everyone. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to become the Lord of my life. I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe Jesus Christ came down from heaven, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, 
and died a sacrificial death to take my place to become a curse for me so that if I put my faith in what Jesus did on the cross, I can be saved. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the way, He's the truth, and He's the life. Lord, take control of my life tonight and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to open up the altar in just a minute. We're going to take some time to pray and sing whatever song they're going to sing. And uh, we know that Sunday nights are important because they take us into Monday. So we need to make the decision, like these men said, to wake up tomorrow morning and start tonight in that constant communication, talking to them all the time, praying all the time, worshiping them all the time, and know that tomorrow you're going to have a battle. Amen. You're going to have a battle. We had a, a great time this morning in the Lord. The devil's battling people unforgiving. He's already fighting. He's going to fight tomorrow. But we've got that book, that bestseller. Amen. Don't let that bestseller get dust. Pick that bestseller up and talk to God. And, 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 and learn how to fight. Find those scriptures like Nestor said. Those key scriptures that you can quote every day. Amen. How many, how many got something tonight out of these messages? Amen. Joe, you didn't know when you were building this stage you'd be up here preaching one day, did you? I had no idea. Amen. Nestor used to drive by our old building over there. I didn't know this either. He used to drive by and he'd follow Casey on Facebook and see some of his posts and they live right down the street from the old building. He'd drive by and see all the people coming in and out and uh, start, thought, man, I, 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 wish, I wonder if I can change my life like that. He said he saw all the different colors and people coming out, races and groups coming out and the diversity. And something in him was saying, I want that. And, and finally made that choice and then Behind him, lots of other people have come in, amen, and given their lives to the Lord in the church. And then Casey was talking to Dustin, who's not here this weekend. He went to see his sister at a parking lot. He's out there witnessing, and Casey came in. And, and then Casey's there. I meant to mention this before. It's, 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 it's encouraging because sometimes when you start making the right decisions, we think everything's going to be easy. We think it's just going to be a yellow brick road to heaven. And I'm really proud of Casey because he, he gave his life to the Lord and was really serving God, and then his past caught up to him. And he had some stuff from his past that was under the blood for, by God, but it was on the, on the book. And he had to go back into jail for a while. But he went in there, and he learned some things. And he could have went in there and got institutionalized again. He could have gone in there and got bitter at God. He could have gone in there and, and gone the wrong direction, but he went in there and witnessed went in there, told people about the Lord, and came out even stronger. Amen? So that's a sign of what God can do in people's lives. So these are real, real testimonies tonight, real words of things that they've learned. And guys, we want to be real. If there's anything I can challenge you to be, be real. Amen? Be real. Be, these, are real these are real things. Don't, don't try to, to play Christian. Be a Christian. Amen. Be real. If it's hard, say it's hard. If you're struggling, tell somebody. Find somebody. There's people in here who will help you. Amen.
Let's take a few minutes tonight just to take these words in, find a place at the altar tonight, uh, just find a place to pray. We're just going to worship with them tonight as they sing, and we'll just get ready for this week and everything that God has planned for us.
hands tonight as they sing. Just yield to him right now as we close out. Nestor said, give us boldness to speak your word to our family, to our neighbors, to those at school, Father. Help us to be bold to invite people out to this harvest fest. Help us to be bold to tell people.